welcome to More Than Myths. In about 15 minutes, my alarm's going to go off to remind me to give my dog medication. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same same time every week. Weird. Same time every day. What are you drinking? A black cherry, truly. What are you drinking? A strawberry hibiscus margarita style, truly. Wow. With 5.3% alcohol. Oh, shit, you're going to get 0.3 drunker than me. Hell yeah. I see. I see how it is. <laughs> I wanted to show up. <laughs> you showed up. Go big and go home. It's my favorite thing. It was the best. I'm dealing with the tail end of a sinus infection. And I have been losing my voice. So no, dang. We're gonna see how this goes. You sound raspy. I sound so cool. And I was gonna say, and a little sexy. I was gonna say, (laughs) like, don't we all love a little bit of a sick voice? A little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, she's cool. She's she reads poetry. Probably. <sighs> God. So moody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so much enjoyed the game we played last week. Like guessing the Victorian slang. Oh yes. It was a lot of fun. I wonder if I can find more. Look. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, oh, but I have a show recommendation, which falls into our book lovers category. Okay. I've also like kind of decided that like our banter, it seems to have no direction, but we talk about like a handful of things. Like, yeah. Hey, like, how's your week? Yeah. What book are you reading? Costco. <laughs> We're going to add that to our repertoire. <laughs> Swear to God. We're here for Costco here for Costco and like books and movies, right? Yeah. Or crazy things that happen just overall. Over, yeah. Like you won't believe this story, right? Mm-hmm. With that being said, I have a show recommendation that I need Haley to get on board with so I can talk to her about it because she hasn't yet. And it's The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, right. And it's one episode a week right now, which is fucking grueling. But I've literally been looking forward to it all day. I can't wait to go watch it when we're done recording this evening. Like, ready. It's just so good. Is it very... Is it more like a romance? It's like a romance, but... A lot darker than I remember, like the oh. Eric Bana, Rachel McAdams movie. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah. You know, like it just goes places that you're like, oh, that's so gutting and upsetting. But then it like builds on their, it's just a story of their whole relationship mm-hmm. and their really fucked up timeline. Interesting. You know? Yeah. I have the book, but I've never read it. I'm curious if, have you read the book? I haven't read the book. No. I was curious if it follows the book more closely. Yeah. So, because, yeah, I don't even know how long the book is. So, oh, I don't know. I, I, I've just been really enjoying it. I've been like, I wish I could binge it, but I am like waiting with bated breath 
every Ooh, week when gotcha. it comes out. I'm like, I'll wait oh. till it's done. Yeah, don't. I'm a oh, but then <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna. I yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I need I to know. talk about it. I'm sorry. My mother-in-law, <laughs> bless yeah. her heart. I texted her. I was like, Please. "You like Theo James, right?" And he's the he plays the main character, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yes, I do." And I was like, "I need you to watch this new this show is the on show HBO." For you. <laughs> and she's like, "Is this the movie?" I was like, "No, they made a show and it has Theo James." And she was like, oh, "I'm on it." And so she's been like, "Is it out yet? <laughs> Can you watch it yet?" I'm hurrying home. Like so, she's been nerding out. That's with me, great. Which has been fun. <laughs> That's great. But yeah. We- we just finished watching The Sopranos last week for the first oh. time. Yeah. And it's it's good. It is good. Uh I got really tired of everybody losing their tempers and the revenge killing and I got really tired of it. Yeah. But the story overall is good. I'm yeah. glad I don't ever have to watch it ever again. Yeah. But it was worth watching once in my life. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I heard it's supposed to be like one of the best shows. I don't know. Um, do you think it was repetitive because you were binging it? There were times that I had to take a break for like a week or two because I uh-huh. couldn't handle it. So yeah. we'd watch like Prehistoric Planet and, you know, like yeah. different things in between because I was like, I can't handle i can't handle it anymore we gotta take a break (laughs) yeah that's how um because we watched breaking bad after breaking bad was done and that show is really heavy it's and it's like if you watch it season after season of course they have to get there has to be something going wrong right all the time you can't just watch a show with nothing going wrong Right. Because especially a drama, because mm-hmm. that's literally what drives the story. Yeah. So I was just like, I literally cannot have anything go wrong oh, yeah. anymore. And so no. I was just like, we took like a full probably six month break in between watching that whole show because we were just like burnt it's out. It's a lot. That show yeah. is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Dramas are hard for me just yeah. because it's really like you just get drugged down. I was going to say I binged, down. Yeah. Yeah. When I binged Dexter. Oh my God. So did we. Fuck. Years ago. Jesus. And I, and I was, I wasn't, I was single at the time and I was like laying in my bedroom all summer. Sure. That I didn't have any friends <laughs> and that I was a loner. And I was like, girl, you are not a serial killer from no. Miami. Like, you need to no. get out of your room. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. No, So I, that was one of those moments in my life where I realized that I, I like, take on yeah. what I'm watching, even the things that I'm watching. I'm like, oh, I'm bummed. Yeah, I picked a... It was my turn to pick because Chris picked The Sopranos. And so I got to pick and I picked The Righteous Gemstones. And... I'm really excited about watching it again because the second season we haven't watched the second season yet, but I love it. I love the relationship between the siblings when they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna tell Daddy." <laughs> you better I haven't not. Watched that one yet. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, it's so good. <laughs> but it's I love all of the actors in that show, yeah, so I can't imagine good. that it would not be good. <laughs> um, you, I sent this to you, I think. Um, but 
our flag means death got re- renewed. Yeah. For a second season, which is gotta... thrilling. That's because on my list. If too. it did not get renewed, oh. there would have been revolt. Oh, man. Me in particular, but also I think <laughs> you a very. You leading it in the front. Holy. No, probably not. That, like, <laughs> that, that show's got some clout on the internet. So. Yeah, I just I don't think to, that, that would have been a good move. I need to rewatch it because we watched, I think we watched, gosh, um, I don't know, like the first six episodes and then it was back to The Sopranos because I was like, we have to get through this. I have to get through it because it's, yeah. oh, I can't hang over my head anymore. <laughs> well, and they were releasing those like once a week or like two mm-hmm. a week or something like that too. Yeah, so yeah it was a weird it was. It was, we didn't finish it until all of them were out yeah so i was like are you sure this is the last one? Oh my gosh Josh was like <laughs> yeah it's the last sure. i was like are you sure are you sure no? sure <laughs> please tell me you're sure please sure. tell me you're sure because it ends on a cliffhanger <gasps> i don't don't tell me i'm of course not i would don't never don't tell me oh and i also watched moon knight which i don't think I've <gasps> oh my god me this, too right? i know yeah, oh. you told me and then I told you because I was like, you have to see this because it's so great. Oh, it's Zip. so great. <laughs> oh, and I, yeah, I was like, Haley, I was the one who told you it was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you texted me and said, uh, you need to watch this because it's right up your alley. Yeah, so I didn't want to say anything else nope. because I didn't know it was like ancient Egypt gods. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Anyway. So good. I'm not going to spoil anything, (laughs) but if you don't want to hear anything about Moon Knight because you haven't watched it yet, like, skip 30 seconds. Yeah. So good. So good. I fucking loved seeing the avatars. I'm like, I wanted Mm -hmm. to see all of of them. I wanted to see all of them. I know. I really wish that they would have had Bastet because the alligator, I can't remember her name. She was scary enough. Yeah. Like, and her sultry, sexy, scary fucking voice. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, you are the epitome of dangerous, sexy crocodile. (laughs) Dangerous. Yes. And when they were like. (sighs) Yeah. So good. Next to the pyramids. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. (laughs) I was so good. Oh, and and when. um. The hippo. Oh my god, yes. I, I like, know. I looked at Chris and I was like, Hi. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I was dying. It was yeah. like it was so good. It was, it was so really unexpected. Good. I had no idea there was a Marvel superhero was based around Egyptian gods. I love it though. I'm about it. it. Amazing. About it. So about it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to let you choose your own adventure. I have different, I have some stories I'm going to tell you because we need a palate cleanser from the four weeks of the Popolville. So I'm just going to give you a brief, like, breather. Okay. And then we're going to get into, like, stuff next week. Okay. Okay. Serious. Not serious. Like, oh, my God, not serious. Not serious. serious. More Haley-esque. Love it. So I can tell you like a spooky story if you want, or I can tell you 
a classic story. Spooky. <gasps> All right. So you have options there, too. Okay. Okay. So I can read you. Uh, there's uh, five different ones that I found. So two of them you'll... I don't know. Maybe you'll know all of them. Uh, so I can read you The Wolf and the Seven Young Goats. Or kids, I guess. Whoops, my bad. Oh. Rumpel Stillskin. <gasps> the Fitcher's Bird. The Goose Girl. Or the Juniper Tree. And the Juniper Tree, I will warn you, is pretty horrific. What's the next scariest? Um... The Fitcher's Bird. That okay, one's let's do that step. Okay. Let's go for it. All right, we'll go for it. And then you can rate it and tell me if you think it's super scary, not really scary. It's Ooh, there, What's our rating system? We should establish uh, a rating system. Let's do it stories. one to five. One to five bats. One to five bats. I love it. Perfect. Bats. Okay. Can't wait. All right. Let me... Make it so that I can read this. And then this one, I don't think it. It's a little bit gory still. Love it. It's not as bad as it's the been such a long tree. time since you've done something scary or either of us has, has done something really scary. I was thinking about that. So I think it's time anyway. Heads up, seven up. Maybe that's coming. <laughs> Super. Yay. Can't okay. wait. So this is the Fitcher's Bird. Once upon a time, there was a sorcerer who disguised himself as a poor man and went begging from house to house, and he captured beautiful girls. No one, know, no one knew where he took them, for none of them ever returned. One day, he came to the door of a man who had three beautiful daughters. He appeared to be a poor, weak beggar, and he carried a pack basket on his back as though he wanted to collect some benevolent offerings in it. He asked for a bite to eat and when the oldest girl came out to give him a piece of bread, he simply touched her and she was forced to jump into his pack basket. <clears throat> then he hurried away with powerful strides and carried her to his house, which stood in the middle of a dark forest. <gasps> Kidnapping right I... out of the gate. Yep. Gets worse. <laughs> Everything was splendid in the house. Can you bring oh. your mic closer to you? How about we do this? How about I bring it up? Oh, wrong way. Is that better? It looks like you were going down. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that magic. <laughs> yeah, that is better. Excellent. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay. So everything was splendid in the house and he gave her everything that she wanted. He said, <laughs> my dear, you will like it here with me. You will have everything that your heart desires. So it went for a few days. And then he said to her, I have to go away and leave you alone for a short time. Here are the house keys. You may go everywhere and look at everything except for one room that this little key unlocks. The I West Wing. The West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I forbid you. Sip. I forbid you to go there on the penalty of death. He also gave her an egg, saying, Take good care of this egg. You should carry it with you at all times, for if you should lose it, great misfortune will follow. She took the keys and the egg and promised to take good care of everything. As soon as he was gone, she walked around in the house from top to bottom, examining everything. 
The rooms glistened with silver and gold, and she thought that she had never seen such splendor. Finally, she came to the forbidden door. She wanted to pass it by, but curiosity gave her no rest. Mm. She examined the key. It looked like any other. She put it into the lock and twisted it a little, and then the door sprang open. What did she see when she stepped inside? A large, bloody basin stood in the middle, inside which there lay the cut-up parts of dead girls. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. This is a is literally okay. a bloodbath. Lit- did Ugh. people read these to their kids? This is crazy, insane to me. I don't. I yeah. I don't even know. Okay. Nearby there was, nearby there was a wooden block with a glistening axe laying on it. No. <laughs> right. No. It's so horrible. It's so horrible. She was so terrified that the egg, which she was holding in her hand, fell into the basin. She got it out and wiped off the blood, but it was to no avail, for it always came back. She wiped and scrubbed, but she couldn't get rid of the stain. Not long Mm -hmm. afterward, the man returned from his journey, and he immediately asked for the egg and the key. She She handed them to him, shaking all the while, for he saw from the red stains that she had been in the blood chamber. Blood chamber? Blood chamber! No. (laughs) Yuck. So gross. You went into that chamber against my will, he said, and now against your will, you shall go into it once again. Your life is finished. It's terrible. He threw her... God. He threw her down, dragged her by her hair into the chamber, cut off her head on the block, and then cut her into pieces, and her blood flowed out onto the floor. Then he threw her into the basin with the others. I... Thought there was going to be a turn of events. (laughs) No. Now I will go get the second one, said the sorcerer. And again, (gasps) disguised as a poor man, he went back to their house begging. The second sister brought him a piece of bread. and And as he had done with the first, he captured her by merely touching her. And he carried her away. It went with her no better than it had gone with her sister. She let herself be led astray by her curiosity, which I fucking hate that line. Uh, Open the the blood chamber and looked inside. When he returned, she paid with her life. Then he (sighs) went and captured the third sister, but she was clever. I'm like, please tell me she's smarter. (laughs) (laughs) After he had given her the eggs and the eggs, the egg and the keys and had gone away, she carefully put the egg aside and then examined the home, entering finally the forbidden chamber. Oh, what she saw. Her two dear sisters were laying there in the basin, miserably murdered and chopped to pieces. In spite of this, she proceeded to gather their parts together, placing them back in order, head, body, arms, and legs. Then when nothing else was missing, the parts began to move. They joined together, and the two girls opened their eyes and came back to life. Rejoicing, they kissed and hugged one another. Which is fine. That is totally perfect. Yeah. (laughs) When the man returned home, he immediately demanded the keys and the egg, and he was unable to detect any traces of blood on them. He said, you have passed the test. You shall be my bride. Mm. Logical. He now had no more power over her and had to do whatever she demanded. Good, she answered, but first you must take a basket full of gold to my father and mother. You yourself must carry it there in your back. In the meanwhile, I shall make preparations for the wedding. 
Then she ran to her sisters whom she had hidden in a closet and said, The moment is here when I can rescue you. The evildoer himself shall carry you home. As soon as you have arrived at home, send help to me. She put them both into a basket, covered them entirely with gold so that nothing could be seen of them. Then she called the sorcerer and said, Now carry this basket away, but you have, but you are not to stop and rest. Take care, for I shall be watching you through my little window. The sorcerer lifted the basket onto his back and walked away with it. However, it pressed down so heavily on him that the sweat ran from his face. Good. He sat down, wanting to rest. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, he's an asshole. Toxic but immediately... masculinity much. <laughs> he sat down wanting to rest but immediately one of the girls in the basket called out i'm looking through my little window and i can see that you are resting walk on he thought that his bride was calling to him so he got up again then he again wanted to sit down but someone immediately called out i am looking through my little window and i can see that you are resting every time that he stopped walking someone called out and he had to walk on until groaning and out of breath he brought the basket with the gold and the two girls to their parents house at home, the bride was making preparations for the wedding feast, to which she had had the sorcerer's friends invited. Then she took a, then she took a skull with grinning teeth, adorned it with jewelry and a wreath of flowers, carried it to the attic window, and let it look out. When everything was ready, she dipped herself into a barrel of honey, then cut open the bed and rolled around in it until she looked like a strange bird, and no one would be able to recognize her. Then she walked out of the house. Underway, some of the wedding guests met her, and they asked her, You, Fitcher's bird, where are you coming from? I am coming from Fitcher's house. What is his young bride doing there? She has swept the house from top to bottom, and now she's looking out of the attic window. Finally, her bridegroom met her. He was slowly walking back home, and like the others, he asked, You, Fitcher's bird, where are you coming from? I am coming from Fitcher's house. What is my young bride doing there? She has swept the house from top to bottom, and now she is looking out the attic window. The bridegroom looked up, seeing the decorated skull, he thought it was his bride, and he waved a friendly greeting to her. After he and all his guests had gone into the house, the bride's brothers and relatives arrived. They had been sent to rescue her. After closing up all the doors to the house so that no one could escape, they set it afire, and the sorcerer, together with his gang, all burned to death. <gasps> the end. Yeah. The power of family. Him. But holy fuck, it's so boring. So so dark yeah what I didn't is know. he doing with those murdered people or girls I didn't ask that question well, I, I guess I he's just know. been doing it for a while it's like, got to contribute to his dark magic i'm assuming maybe maybe Ugh. Ugh. gross super gross if you don't put a bloodbath on this week's episode though blood bath a bath full of blood Ew! Don't Please. make me do it! <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, uh, so I can tell you... Do you want another story that's not quite as long? I want another story. Do you that's want one that's scary. not quite as long? You want another scary one? Yeah. What one did I just read you? The Fitcher's Bird? Okay, so um, there is... Rumpelstiltskin's messed up. But it's not super scary. Um, the Goose Girl is another kind of gory one. And then the Juniper Tree is like off the charts. It's not even. Let's do the Juniper Tree. All right. Be forewarned. I'm ready. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. 
All right, the juniper tree. Long ago, at least 2,000 years, there was a rich man who had a beautiful and pious wife, and they loved each other dearly. However, they had no children, though they wished very much to have some, and the women prayed for them day and night, but they didn't get any. In front of their house, there was a courtyard where there stood a juniper tree. One day in winter, the woman was standing beneath it, peeling herself an apple. And while she was thus peeling the apple, she caught her finger, and the blood fell into the snow. Oh, said the woman. She sighed heavily, looking at the blood before her, and was most unhappy. If only I had a child as red as blood and as white as snow. It's interesting because that's in a lot of them. And there's a lot of Miller's daughters. Like all of them are Miller's. Well, and yeah. that's the that's the terminology from Grimm's Snow White. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As white as snow. As red mm-hmm. as blood, as white as snow. And like it's I said lips when I was telling the story. Oh yeah. Like lips as red as blood, but it was red as blood. But oh. I don't know what that like what does that mean? I don't know. I mean you look that up. Mistakes. Also sip. Sip. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, as she said that, she became quite contented and felt sure that it was going to happen. Then she went into the home and a month went by and the snow was gone. And two months and everything was green. And three months and all the flowers came out of the earth. And four months and all of the trees in the woods grew thicker and the green branches were all entwined in one another. And the birds sang until the woods resounded and the blossoms fell from the trees. Then the fifth month passed and she, she stood beneath the juniper tree which smelled so sweet that her heart jumped for joy. And she fell on her knees and was beside herself. And when the sixth month was over, the fruit was thick and large and then she was quite still. And after the seventh month, she picked the juniper berries and ate ate them greedily. Then she grew sick and mournful. Then the eighth month passed, and she called her husband to her and cried and said, If I die, then bury me beneath the juniper tree. It's so beautiful in the beginning, and then it gets dark real fast. Then she was quite comforted and happy until the next month was over, and then she had a child as white as snow and as red as blood, and and when she saw it, she was so happy that she died. (laughs) Yeah. Her husband buried her beneath the juniper tree, and he began to cry bitterly. After some time, he was more at ease, and although he still cried, he could bear it. At some time, oh, sorry, and some time later, he took another wife. He had a daughter by the second wife, but the first wife's child was a little son, and he was as red as blood and as white as snow. When the woman looked at her daughter, she loved her very much, but when she looked at the little boy, it pierced her heart, for she thought that he would always stand in her way, and she was always thinking how she could get the entire inheritance for her daughter. And the evil one, I'm assuming Satan, filled her mind with this until she grew very angry with the little boy, and she pushed him from one corner to the other and slapped him here and cuffed him there until the poor child was always afraid, for when he came home from school, there was nowhere he could find any peace." That's so sad. It's so sad. One day, the woman had gone upstairs to her room when her little daughter came up to and said, Mother, give me an apple. Yes, my child, said the woman, and gave her a beautiful apple out of the chest. The chest had a hard, hard, heavy lid with a sharp, with a large, sharp iron lock. Mother, said the little daughter, is brother not to have one, too? This made the woman angry, but she said, yes, when he comes home from school. When from the window she saw him coming, it was as though the evil one came over her, and she grabbed the apple and took it away from her daughter, saying, You shall not have one before your brother. She threw the apple into the chest and shut it. Then the little boy came in the door, and the evil one made her say to him kindly, My son, do you want an apple? And she looked at him fiercely. Mother, said the little boy, how angry you look. Yes, give me an apple. 
Then it seemed to her as if she had to persuade him. Come with me, she said, opening the lid of the chest. Take out an apple for yourself. Mm. And while the little boy was leaning over, the evil one prompted her and crashed. She slammed down the lid and his head flew off, falling among the red apples. It's awful. What the fuck? Right? Who picked this story? <laughs> also, in my defense, I found an article online. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, can you imagine reading this to your kid? I would never, never. Mm-mm. Uh, okay, so down with the lid. Uh, then fear overcame her, and she thought, maybe I can get out of this. Oh, my God, it just gets worse. So she went upstairs to her room to her chest of drawers, and she took a white scarf out of the top drawer and set the head on the neck again, tying the scarf around <sighs> it so that nothing could be seen. Ugh. Then she set him on a chair in front of the door and put the apple in his hand. Like, fucking staged him. Mm. Ugh. After this, Marlene came into the kitchen to her mother, who was standing by a fire with a pot of hot water before she was stirring around and around. Before her witch, she was stirring around and around. Mother said, Marlene, brother is sitting at the door and he looks totally white and has an apple in his hand. I asked him to give me the apple, but he did not answer me and I was very frightened. Go back to him, oh. said her mother, and if he will not answer you, then box his ears. Ugh. It's so fucked up. So Marlene went to him and said, brother, give me your apple. But he was silent. So she gave him one on the ear and his head fell off. No. Uh... It's horrible. It's so. It's How could you it's, set your own child be... up for that? No. Yeah. No. We, well. Any of it. How could you any of it? <sighs> any of it. Yeah. How you're could right. you any of it? Marlene was terrified, rightfully so, and began crying and screaming and ran to her mother and said, Oh, oh mother, I have knocked my brother's head off. And she cried and cried and could not. <laughs> it's not funny. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> could you fucking imagine? Like, I don't know my own story. I punched his head off. <laughs> I punched his head off. Like, it's awful. And it's, it's that whole argument, like, when your brother hits you and you're like, I, they're like, I didn't hit her that hard. <laughs> I know. It reminds me of, like, the, where they'd poke you in the belly button and your head yeah. would pop off. <laughs> like, it could actually happen. That's terrible. I've never heard that. Oh, my mom wouldn't let her siblings touch her belly button growing no. up. Because they convinced her it was real. And so she would scream and, like, it was definitely, like, low-key <laughs> torture from her siblings not oh funny but just so fucked up we always stole noses and put them yeah. in the freezer and then yeah. like get an ice cube and put it on their nose yeah that's funny also ridiculous <laughs> did you I, you were the baby so did you just cry they oh absolutely all the time? i cried all the time i was such a big baby oh my mm. gosh that, that tracks <laughs> Uh, okay, so Marlene has thing is thinking that she's knocked her brother's head off. Okay, Marlene said to the mother, what have you done? Be quiet and don't let anyone know about it. Yeah, I told you, it just gets worse. It cannot be helped now. <laughs> when I said it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> we will cook him into a stew. <gasps> I told you. This story has everything. And how did they come up with this story? That's what I want to know. Like, who, what the? who told them this story? 
what morality is this being i don't know because there's always supposed to be like the moral of the story like don't Mm -hmm. touch strangers you know don't whatever yeah i don't know what the moral of this story i don't know either uh curious friends if you know let us let us know yeah because at the end i mean there's still a story to go so we might there's still some story to go yeah all right so they're gonna cook him into a stew then the mother took oh my god then the mother took the little boy and chopped him into pieces and put him in a pot and cooked him into a stew maybe if i say it faster it'll make it less bad (laughs) um yeah that worked that helped (laughs) but marlene stood by crying and crying and all her tears fell into the pot oh and they didn't need any salt (sighs) <sighs> then the father came home and sat down at the table and said, where is my son? And the mother served up a large, large dish, dish of stew and Marlene cried and could not stop. Yeah. Then the father said again, where is my son? Oh, said the mother. He's gone across the country to his mother's great uncle. He will stay there a while. What is he doing there? He didn't even say goodbye to me. Oh, he wanted to go and asked me if he could stay six weeks. He will be well taken care of there. Oh, said the man, I am unhappy. It isn't right. He should have said goodbye to me. (sighs) With that, he began to eat, saying, Marlene, why are you crying? Your brother will certainly come back. Then he said, said, wife, this food is delicious. Give me some more. And then he ate some more. And he said, give me. But did the mom eat? No, he's the, she fed it to, the only person that ate it is his dad. (sighs) Yeah, and Marlene's sitting there crying like, isn't that a little suspicious? Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) It's fine. Okay, so he eats and eats and eats and he throws the bones under the table until he's finished it all. All right. Marlene went to the chest of drawers, took her best silk scarf from the bottom drawer and gathered, oh, my God, gathered all the bones from beneath the table and tied them up in her silk scarf, then carried them outside the drawer, crying tears of blood. Holy hell. She laid them down beneath the juniper tree on the green grass, and after she put them there, she suddenly felt better and did not cry anymore. Then the juniper tree began to move because his mother's buried there. Oh, my right? God. Yep. 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 So the branches moved apart, then moved together again, just as if someone were rejoining and clapping his hands. At the same time, a mist seemed to rise from the tree, and in the center of this mist, it burned like a fire, and a beautiful bird flew out of the fire, singing magnificently, and it flew high into the air, and when it was gone, the juniper tree was just as it had been before, and the cloth with the bones was no longer there. What? Marlene, however, was as happy as contented as if her brother were still alive, and she went merrily into the house, sat down at the table, and ate let's say that she ate an apple and not the fucking stew okay another food she ate something else yeah she ate the turkey yeah. sandwich <laughs> yeah she made a snack at because this was after dinner she went and got the scarf got the bone like this was everybody yeah. went to bed apples and peanut like, butter yeah yeah fuck yeah that sounds delicious <laughs> <laughs> agreed <laughs> okay <clears throat> Then the bird flew away and lit on the goldsmith's house and began to sing. (sighs) My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, Marlene, gathered all my bones, tied them in a silken scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird am I. That's not what the original said, but we're going to go with this. The goldsmith was sitting in his workshop making a golden chain when he heard the bird singing on his roof. The song seemed very beautiful to him. He stood up and he crossed the threshold. 
Oh, sorry. But as he crossed the threshold, he lost one of his slippers. However, he went right up the middle of the street with only one slipper and one sock on. He had his leather apron on, and in one hand, he had a golden chain, and in the other, his tongs. The sun was shining brightly on the street. He walked onward, then stood still and said to the bird, Bird, he said, how beautifully you can sing. Sing that piece for me again. No, said the bird, I do not sing twice for anything. Give me the golden chain, and then I will sing it again for you. The goldsmith said, here's the golden chain for you. Now sing that song again for me. Then the bird came and took the golden chain on his right claw and went and sat in front of the goldsmith and sang, my mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister Marlene gathered all my bones, tied them in a silken scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird am I. Then the bird flew away to a shoemaker and lit on his roof and sang the exact same song. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> no, are you going to sing it? No. <laughs> Hearing this, the shoemaker ran out of doors in his shirt sleeves and looked up at the roof and had to hold his hand in front of his eyes to keep the sun from blinding him. Bird, he said, how beautifully you can sing. Then he called in at his door. Wife, come outside. There is a bird here. Look at this bird. He certainly can sing. Then he called his daughter and her children and the journeyman and the apprentice and the maid. And they all came out into the street and looked at the bird and saw how beautiful he was and what fine red and green feathers he had and how his neck was like pure gold and how his eyes shone like stars in his head. Sounds like a beautiful bird. Mm -hmm. Bird, said the shoemaker. Now sing that song again for me. No, said the bird. I do not sing twice for nothing. You should give you must give me something. Wife, said the man, go into the shop. There's a pair of red shoes on the top shelf. Bring them down. There, bird, said the man. Now sing that piece again for me. Then the bird came and took the shoes in his left claw and flew back to the roof and sang, My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, Marlene, gathered all my bones, tied them in a silken scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet. What a beautiful bird am I. Tweet, tweet. Tweet, tweet. When he finished, <laughs> when he finished his song, he flew away. In his right claw, he had the chain, and in his left hand, left hand left claw the shoes he flew far away to a mill and the mill went clickety clackety clickety clackety clickety clackety and the mill sat in the mill sat 20 millers apprentices cutting a stone and chiseling chippity choppity chippity choppity <laughs> and the mill went clickety clackety clickety clackety sounds like a real sense. a real beat happening <laughs> at the mill they were probably jamming <laughs> And now the bird comes and he adds to the jam, the jam session fest. Party? My mother, she killed me. My <laughs> father, he ate me. <laughs> there you go. Essentially, yes. <laughs> bird bird straight up rapping. He's wowie. Yeah, he is. He's intense. The bird went and sat in a linden tree and sang this song. <laughs> yeah. My mother, she killed me. Then one of them stopped working. My father, he ate me. Then two more stopped working and listened. My sister Marlene, then four more stopped, gathered all my bones and tied them in a silken scarf. Now only eight were chiseling, laid them beneath. Now only five were working. The juniper tree, now only one. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird am I. Then the last one stopped also and heard the last words. Bird, he said, how beautifully you sing. Let me hear that too. Sing it once more for me. No, said the bird, I do not sing nothing for twice. Give me the millstone and then I will sing it again. Yes, he said, if it belongs only to me, you should have it. If it belonged only to me, you should have it. Yes, said the others, if he sings again, he can have it. Then the bird came down and the 20 millers took a beam and lifted the stone up. Heave ho, heave ho. 
Then the bird stuck his neck through the hole and put the stone on as if it were a collar, then flew into the tree again and sang. My mother, she killed me. My father, he ate me. My sister, Marlene, gathered up all my bones, tied them in a silk scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, but a beautiful bird am I. Tweet, tweet. When he... <laughs> tweet, tweet. When he finished singing, he spread his wings, and in his right claw he had the chain, and in his left one the shoes, and around his neck the millstone. He flew far away to his father's house. In the room, the father, the mother, and Marlene were sitting at the table. The father said, I feel so content. I am so happy. Not I, said the mother. I feel uneasy, just as if a bad storm were, co were coming. But Marlene just sat and cried and cried. Then the bird flew up, and as it seated itself on the roof, the father said, Oh, I feel so truly happy, and the sun is shining so beautifully outside. I feel as if I were about to see some old acquaintance again. Not I, said the woman. I am so afraid that my teeth are chattering, and I feel like I have fire in my veins. Whoa. Whoa. She tore open her bodice even more. Marlene sat in a corner crying. She held a handkerchief before her eyes and cried until it was wet clear through. Then the bird seated itself on the juniper tree and sang. My mother, she killed me. The mother stopped her ears and shut her eyes, not wanting to see or hear. But there was a roaring in her ears like the fiercest storm, and her eyes burned and flashed like lightning. Whoa. My father, he ate me. Oh, mother, said the man, that is a beautiful bird. He sings so splendidly, and the sun is shining so warmly, and it smells like pure cinnamon. Yikes. My okay. sister Marlene. Then Marlene laid her head on her knees and cried and cried, but the man said, I am going out. I must see the bird up close. Oh, don't go, said the woman. I feel as if the whole house were shaking and on fire. But the man went out and looked at the bird, gathered all my bones, tied them in a silken scarf, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird am I. With this, the bird dropped the golden chain and it fell right around the man's neck, so exactly around it that it fit beautifully then the man went in and said just look what a beautiful bird that is and what a beautiful golden chain he has given me and how nice it looks but the woman was terrified she fell down on the floor in the room and her cap fell off of her head then the bird sang once more my mother killed me i wish i were a thousand i wish i were a thousand fathoms beneath the earth so i would not have to hear that my father he ate me then the woman fell down as if she were dead my sister Marlene. Oh, said Marlene, I too will go out and see if the bird will give me something. Then she went out, gathered all my bones and tied them in a silken scarf. He threw the shoes down to her, laid them beneath the juniper tree. Tweet, tweet, what a beautiful bird am I. Then she was contented and happy. She put on the new red shoes and danced and leaped into the house. Oh, she said, I was so sad when I went out and now I am so contented. That is a splendid bird. He's given me a pair of red shoes. No, said the woman, jumping to her feet, and with her hair standing up like flames of fire. Whoa. I feel as if the world were coming to an end. Well, you shouldn't have did what you did. Can, yeah. All right. <laughs> I, too, will go out and see if it makes me feel better. <laughs> as she went out the door, crash, the bird threw the millstone on her head, and it crushed her to death. The father Peace. and Mar Yeah, right. Good riddance. Good riddance. The father and Marlene heard it and went out. Smoke, flames, and fire were rising from the place. And when that was over, the little brother was standing there. And he took his father and Marlene by the hand, and all three were very happy. And they went into the house, sat down at the table, and ate. <gasps> he came back this to life. Phoenix. He's a phoenix. <gasps> yeah. Uh, that was nice. Yeah, eventually. But, eventually. Yeah, it was I... nice and then really dark and then nice. Yeah. No, I loved it. 
Yeah. Excellent. Yay. That there was, you go. That was lovely. I liked your stories. Thank you for those. You're welcome. Okay. So that was, well, what was the first one I read? Oh, the Fitcher's Bird. Sorry. Fitcher's Bird and okay. the Juniper Tree? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's start with the Fitcher's Bird first on a scale from one to five, let's say. Uh, mm -hmm. One being not so bad and five being like, what the absolute fuck juniper tree. <laughs> okay. Um, I think the, I think the first one, the Fitcher bird, I'm going to give that a two. No, I'm going to give it a three. Yeah. A 3.5. 3.5. That's yeah, it ended nice. It ended it nice. It did end nice. Yeah, minus all the bowls of But there's a lot limbs. of limbs and blood. There's a lot of limbs. A lot of limbs. Yeah. So 3.5 okay, out of 5. Okay. okay. Solid rating. And you're rating for the terribly horrific, awful juniper tree. <sighs> it's like child murder and a stew. And cannibalism. Really... And then the whole, like making your daughter oh yeah her think that she like the first half of him. that story was like a 4.5 but i yeah. think as an average i'm gonna go with a four out of five bats four out of five bats we're talking okay. like fairy tale you know like there's right. some five out of five bats for movies and stuff i've seen for but sure like, we're talking fairy tales there's four fairy out tales. of five bats for a fairy tale i don't know i'm curious if people like what the moral of that story was because i've seen it a couple other places and i was looking at stuff and a lot of them were like i don't know what the moral is i don't know yeah, that yeah i don't know i don't either but anyway let us know those, if you have thoughts curious yeah ones. let us know i don't know what the moral of that one was yeah, the first one seems like, you know. Something like, don't get possessed by the devil? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't what know. is the evil? Like, I feel like I wish we would have known a little bit more. Like, did she meddle in stuff? Or yeah. was she just like, we need more was backstory. she just like a helpless bystander who just right. like was overtaken by evil? Or yeah. was she mentally not well? Like, what's her deal? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. These are all good questions. These are all good questions. Oh, I also looked up what red red as blood means. It means oh, okay. beauty. Oh, so they're a beautiful. What does the whitest snow have anything to do with any like Bear. are they pure? Oh. Bear. Okay. I Bear. think. I see. I didn't know if it was like pure in heart or like innocent, probably. I've always, yeah, that's um, what I was thinking, because they're like little kids. Um, purity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Well, now we know. Yeah. There you awesome. Go. There you go. Okay. So, my story this week. Um, is actually going to be a couple of series of stories. Um, so it's June. It's Pride Month. Yay. Happy Pride. Happy um, Pride. I wanted to tell queer stories from mythology. Yes. So I 
found a few and I was going to do like, you know, kind of mini breakdown stories of different ones. And then I was like, I'm going to just cover them in June. So, cover them in June. Um, so I have one picked out for next week and so on. So this week we'll just focus on one story and go from there. I'd like to start off by saying that these mythologies are not only queer, but also shared and talked about in queer communities. Um, but it's the good thing to remember is that when these were told originally, there could have been, it's like beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like you can hear this story and hear the struggle of someone trying to be themselves or you yeah. can hear the story and it could be something that can be twisted like church propaganda, right? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's all about who's telling the story and how mm -hmm. you're interpreting it. So just because this kind of falls into what we consider a queer storyline doesn't really mean that it means anything to the queer community, right? Yeah. Like right. that's up to everybody for their own, like if they relate to the story or not. Yeah. So that's just my disclaimer for this whole month of gotcha. retellings that these are just situations and stories that I felt would be cool to share and talk about. Because, you know, Zeus is just the biggest doesn't care about who he's sleeping with nope. guy there is. But today we are actually going to start with Ivis. And Ianthe. Okay. And this version is actually, again, from Ovid's Metamorphosis, which I didn't know until I started doing my research. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. I didn't mean to do Ovid again, but here we are. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, Ovid is a Roman poet. And a reminder, his poems are all about transformation. Mm, okay. So I picked this because of something that we'll find out later. And I was like, yes, this is great. And then I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a thing I always do. It's fine. It's fine. Um, our story starts with a common man, Ligdus, and his wife, Telethusa. Um, and she's very pregnant. They live okay. on the island of Crete, and they are common people. Ligdus longs so desperately for a boy to be born, and he hopes that his wife has a painless labor and that she gives him a boy. A few nights before the baby is ready, he told her that if she's to, if she is to deliver a girl, that they would have to kill her because they could not afford to keep her. Okay. Um, she would not be worth what a boy would be worth. Um, they both cried over this decision that he made. So he truly thought he was doing what was going to be best for their family. Telethusa mm -hmm. um, did her best to change his mind and relate her grief to him. Um, but his decision was final. And so he let their, you know, household know that that's, that's the direction they were going mm -hmm. if a girl was to be born. So Telethusa is distraught to hear this news. She wants to respect her husband. And, but she has no control over what, the baby's gender is going to be. Right. Um, but she's desperate to become a mother and to have a child. Mm -hmm. And if her child is a girl, she loses the only thing she's ever wanted. And then she has to live through the pain of 
labor and then loss. Right. Um, so as the due date comes closer and closer, Telethusa dreams one night of Isis. That's right. The Egyptian <laughs> goddess of healing and the symbol for mothers. It was at midnight, so she couldn't tell if it was a dream or reality. And it seemed Isis had truly come to stand at the end of her bed with everyone in tone. She had Anubis and Bast and Apis and Osiris. So just a side note, this story play, takes place on the Isle of Crete, which is actually closer to Egypt than it is to Greece. Mm-hmm. So it was common practice to worship ancient Egyptian gods here as well. Well, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, that Cleopatra was Greek. The Ptolemies were Greek. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. Well, because then you start getting into like Alexander and... Right. right? Yeah, because like, Alexander the Great was Greek. And so when yeah. he came to Alexandria and took over, he, mm-hmm. anyway, he died and his uh, like successor was a Ptolemy or one of his generals was a Ptolemy and became Pharaoh. Right. And that was the whole Ptolemy thing. Sorry. Anyway. No, it's great. I love it. I'm all about it. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know why my brain has them so far apart. Yeah. When they're not. Mm-hmm. Far apart. Like, nope. really, they're neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, Isis said to Telethusa, and I'm going to read this from the poem. Oh, you who belong to me, forget your heavy cares and do not obey your husband. When Lucienda is eased, has eased the birth, whatever the sex the child has, do not hesitate to raise it. I am the goddess who, when prevailed upon, brings help and strength. You will have no cause to complain that the divinity you worshipped lacks gratitude. And after this, Isis and her companions fade away. Telethusa woke, ran to the window, and began to pray desperately. Unsure if she was dreaming or not. (laughs) A short time passed, and the baby was on the way. And while delivering, Telethusa was much more relaxed. Uh, Because no matter what happened, she was keeping her baby. Mm Mm-hmm. A girl was born. Telethusa ordered the nurse not to say a word. She was the only person who knew the true gender. Mm-hmm. And let her know she would be raised and reared as a boy. Presenting their son to Lignus, he was delighted to have a boy. He named the boy after his grandfather, Ithis. Which, much to Telethusa's relief, she was ecstatic about it because the name was both acceptable for boys and girls. Mm. Okay. And she felt that her deceit was less. Okay. For having like such a fit, fitting name for the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From then on, if this if this was raised as taught, dressed, everything as a boy. And he was beautiful and androgynous is the perfect term for it because he would have been considered beautiful as a boy or a girl. Yeah. No one questioned it. Um, this ruse continues for 13 years until if this father decided it was time to arrange the boy's marriage to an equally beautiful, golden-haired Ianthe. Um, and unlike many arranged marriages, if this and Ianthe were actually desperately in love. They had grown up together. They were in school together. They had played together. And as time carried on, they had fallen in love with each other. So both were thrilled about the arrangement 
However, if this had dark dread, if this knew that she would be happy to marry Ianthe, because despite her gender, she loved her deeply. If this was deeply ashamed of this love, which this is the sad part. She compares herself to various animals. She's like, a mare does not seek a mare. A heifer does not seek a heifer. And she believes she's a monster for feeling this way. Compares herself to Pasive, um, who actually laid with a bull. And she thought herself thinking, she thought she was far worse because at least the bull was male. Yikes. What? Yeah. So she's distraught because she, the quote in here was she was a, like both of the girls loved each other so much. Mm-hmm. And I, and um, if this was on fire for Ianthe, oh, even God. though it wasn't, yeah. you know, supposed to be like that or whatever. Right. Blah. Um, believing that Juno, um, Hera in Greek, mm-hmm. uh, the goddess of marriage, had blessed this marriage and had blessed their union, confused if this. How is this the marriage you provided for me? I love her, but I can't never enjoy her. How did you approve this union of two brides and no groom? You know? Like everybody smiled upon it. Nobody was unhappy. You know, everybody agreed. Right. So her mother, Tolothusa, is stressing about this with her. So these two have a secret, right? Right. And they are delaying the ceremony with whatever they can. They had to prolong Mm -hmm. it with excuses of illness, weather, sick cats, (laughs) you name it. (laughs) Like, they did everything they could. And it came to a day that they could no longer delay it. And they were set to marry the next day. Ianthea, on the other hand, is desperate to marry her love, who she presumes is a man. Yeah. And to be with her husband and pray to the god of marriage, Hymen, that it may come quickly. Mm-hmm. That night, Telethusa and Iphthys went to the temple to pray to Isis. Please, goddess... You told me that I would never have to worry for my child, but here I am on the eve of our deception being discovered. Please take pity on us. Both of them crying and praying. Then the altar began to shake and the doors rumbled. Nothing changed. Nothing was... Isis didn't show herself. Nothing happened outside Mm of this. So they decided to leave. And as they got outside, Telethusa noticed that she was no longer accompanied by her daughter, but a sharper, taller, less feminine young son, if this. Isis had changed her into a boy. And if this performs as a boy, what he promised as a girl. Mm-hmm. The next day, the sun reveals the wild world in its rays when Venus and Juno join with Hymen, come to the marriage, torches, and if this, the boy gains possession of his Ianthe. So that is the love story. And super sad, but... It is sad, but it's... Happy. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Like, he, she was able to be with her love. Right. In a way that she didn't feel guilty about. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then... 
we could, as I said earlier, it's like we could turn this on its head. It's like, see, men right. and women are meant to be together. Mm-hmm. Where it's like she was given peace to right. be with the woman she wanted to be with. Right. And that's how I like to. That's see just very it. sweet. In this host's humble opinion. Yeah. It's just a love story. It's just a love story. It's just a good love story. Very sweet. So mm-hmm. anyway, Agreed. that is part one of our queer mythologies. I loved it. Yeah. Anyway, thanks you guys <laughs> for tuning in today. We appreciate you being here as always. Remember to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, and yeah, give us a follow. Share our content. Do all the things. Yeah, do all those things. If you heard something that's weird or not right, or you just want to send us an email, the short, sweet, and out in it, you can do that. Send it to more than myths podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we are also there. Uh, if you can just give us a follow, a like, if you have a couple minutes, leave us a review. Just gives the Little pod, little bump. <laughs> little pod, a little bump. If you would like to become a subscriber to our Dragon Fund, those uh, proceeds go towards building the show, producing the show, building out merch. We are putting together, and Haley spent a lot of time building out new stickers and bookmarks and awesome, amazing things that we can't wait for you guys to have access to. So if you can contribute anything towards the show, we greatly appreciate Anything you can do. You can find that subscription link in our link tree on Instagram and also in the show notes on most platforms. Yes. Yep. And remember, if you love us, tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your cousin. Oh my gosh. Tell your cousin. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.